wrestling with my brother. We got a podcast, yeah. Wrestling with my brother. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. That's the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. It's wrestling with my brother. Oh, there's a serious one. Factually accurate, but a serious intro this week. Yeah, the excellence of executing a podcast. That's what we are. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you say so? Uh, he was full of himself, the one he Bret Hart. Yeah, yeah, a bit uh, preachy, isn't he? Do you know I mean? We know you're good, Brett. Just chill out, mate. You know, canal. Why can't you, Monica, be I'm all right? I'm good. Give me a chance. <laughs> That's Louise, isn't it? I've, I've, I've been practising really hard. I've been learning all the moves. Be more like that. I'm the most average there is, the most average there was, the most average there probably ever will be. So you're not even sure of the ending. You're not even as certain as he was. I'm as bland as anyone out there. I'm as mediocre as the best of them. And I'm all right. Yeah, like you said, just give me a shot. I'm, I'm, I'm trying really hard and I, I will make it, Vince. Oh, you're fine. Get out of my company. <laughs> well, we've made it. In fact, we made it to 40 episodes and didn't even remark upon the fact last time. Completely forgot that it was our 40th. So happy belated 40th. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm coming up to my 40th. You've had your 40th because you're... All the F. Well, um, this episode, this episode number is my age now, 41. Whoa, 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 whoa. We is older. That's good around. Sorry about my voice. The pollen count is very, very high in the UK. <laughs> so I sound like a croaky old fart. But, uh, you know, this pod is my life. So I, I just battle through. He's battling through just for you, listeners. Listener. <laughs> Just for you, Bob, in London. Have you been watching any wrestling, bro? Because like a true wrestling fan, I haven't watched wrestling for years. I have been watching AEW with my lovely wife. And yeah, we had... Uh, do, you, do you want me to rant again? Or It's the same thing, though. It's Yeah, it, it was Adam Cole, baby, versus Adam Page for the AEW Heavyweight Championship. Um, in a Texas death match, I'm like, oh, hello. Main event of Rampage. I think I've said before, like, it, yeah, it's like Sting and, and, yeah, Hulk Hogan going at it on Thunder. Come on, that's pay-per-view level. It was amazing. The The highlight of the match was Adam Page, who's a current champion, wrapping a halo of barbed wire around Adam Cole's head. And then... How to explain the move? You've seen it before. So it's like a fireman's carry, but then you drop down on your knees. It's kind of a reverse pile driver. Okay. So we did that off the apron through a table while he had Barbara wrapped around his fucking head. I lost my shit. There is no way to protect yourself from old Barbie. There's no way. And uh, yeah, <clears throat> it was great. But again, the last time he had that match, was with the murder hawk monster, Lance Archer, who come back from injury, you know, after weeks and weeks on the shelf. I haven't seen him since. 
And they even brought it up. Oh, the last time this legendary match happened, it was against Lance. I'm like, where the fuck is he now then? He gone. But no, it's awesome. It, 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 it's, it's, yeah. I mean, 20 minutes in, you've already had two matches and the action is is sensational. If you're on Raw, they'd still be talking, talking wrestling. So I think if I could unpick from what you've said there, that you're frustrated that they're giving away pay-per-view quality matches on TV, but you are enjoying the content anyway, despite the fact the booking is inconsistent. Yeah, I mean, I shouldn't be complaining because I'm getting it free, but part of me is like, oh my God, they're going to move it off ITV. They, they're not going to make it free anymore because these are pay-per-view caliber matches. The best wrestling, like Samoa Joe and Minoru, just basically just a, an old guy. Uh, he looks a bit like Gypsy Joe, but he is the hardest Japanese wrestler you will ever see. The, the, the main event of, uh, of Dynamite when, for the Ring of Honor Championship. I'm like, these are just amazing matches. But yeah, I mean, there's been no real build-up to that. We haven't really seen Joe as this machine that we know he is. So it's just been inconsistent, really. It's because they've got so many wrestlers. So many people have jumped, jumped ship, basically. I don't think Tony knows what to do with them all. So, like, one week, someone will have had an amazing match. Then the next week, they'll fade into obscurity. You won't see him for three or four weeks. Then they'll be doing a, an opening match, you know, for, for a jokey gimmick. It's not that really... You don't know who the top guys are at any time. But, I mean, the action is, is sensational. It's just a little bit, little bit haphazard. Mm, I think you need to be a little bit more grateful. When you fuck off. Charming, let's go on to our first feature. <laughs> Would you rather? Yes, Would You Rather. And this week's Would You Rather is related to my choice of clips. Because I literally did this in the last five minutes. So, <laughs> Craig, would you rather take a frog splash from RVD or a top rope splash from Andre the Giant? First of all, it's a five-star frog splash. Let's not belittle the best frog splash in the business. Sorry, Eddie, uh, but it is. Yeah, it, it is. Occasionally, it would dip to a three and a half stars, I would say. Like this pod. Um, oh, no, this, ne- this never gets above a two. <laughs> You're reaching with a three, son. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, Christ alive, you, you you can't take a splash from Andre. Can you? Number one, because he doesn't do it very often, or at least I I didn't know he did them very often. Whereas RVD just says it all the time, and he makes it look like he's just broken his ribs. So he's he's really selling it. Um, I reckon he I reckon he's light as a feather, old old Robbie boy. So I, I, I'd rather be splashed by him. You, you can't have... I mean, what, what was what did Andre weigh? Fuck me. Hundreds of pounds. You can't have that. I wouldn't even want that off the, off the first turnbuckle, let alone anything else. Yeah, I think, I think I agree with you. I mean, RVD did it often enough to... Well, executed excellently to, you know, rip off our intro. So I think I'd rather take it from him. Obviously, I got that horrible spot from Elimination Chamber when he landed on Triple oh. H's throat in my yeah. mind. Obviously, I wouldn't want that to happen. But yeah, I think I'd rather that than a seven foot four, five hundred pound man leaping off the top turnbuckle towards me. But we can discuss our feelings about that a little bit later on. 
Yeah, I, th- I think you've raised that would have been a beautiful place to end, but fuck it. You you raise a good point because when it's when it's off the turnbuckle, even though he, he leaps three quarters of the way across the ring, it still looks controlled. But every time he goes up top, it, it just kind of drops to me. There's no jumping, leaping action. It's like a fucking it's like a frog that's been dropped by a heron. You know? <laughs> it's that type of wet plop as opposed to a graceful, leaping, muscular, gliding action. It's like a wet frog being dropped by a bird. The wet plot frog drop. <laughs> Done. Podcast name, sorted. Would you rather? Ah, so let's do my first clipperini, shall we? This is... Randy Orton versus Mick Foley at Backlash 2004 in a no-holds-barred matchup. Oh, my Thousands gosh. of thumbtacks have just been pouring the ring. Well, first a barbed wire, and now those damn thumbtacks. I mean those damn thumbtacks. This is... This is... This is what... What Cactus Jack has bragged about being thrown into thumbtack before. Here it comes! This is very topical, this is bro. Uh, Foley very recently posted about this match 18 years ago to the day. 18 years, man and boy. Did you know in Mick's entire illustrious career that this is actually his favorite ever match? Shocked face. You want to weigh in on that? Imagine all of the bouts literally across the world against the greatest of opponents. This is his favorite all time match. I don't know what to say about that. I mean, I think part of it is how good he looked in this. You know, he wasn't carrying a lot of weight in it at all. I don't think I've ever seen him look this svelte this late in his career. <laughs> and he was he was good. You know, he I, I don't want to eat into what I'm going to say about it, but I can imagine that might be why it's his favourite. Maybe he just felt so physically good going into this match. And, of course, the chemistry and, and everything seemed to go right with all the spots. So, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I mean, I, I love the match. I hope, hope that you did as well. What a contrast in styles. You've got a 23-year-old Orton, all cocky and smarmy, and Mick all old and broken. But, as you said, the lightest he's been in in many years. I mean, the match is bonkers enough. I remember seeing that spot where Orton throws Foley down those stairs. Did you see that? They showed a little bit of it during that, but I remember the entire segment as concrete fucking steps. Now, Darby Allen has taken that on recently in AEW. He he gets thrown down everything, but, oh, God. it's Yeah, not to quote JR, but how do you learn to fall down a flight of steps with no crash pad, nothing at all? I mean, what a great build-up and match here, you know? Proper storytelling from one of the best in the business. I mean, yeah, this is pure hardcore madness. Blood, thumbtacks, fire, tribal tattoos, 
you know, <laughs> all the things, I just described balls my hoodie there, all the things that make up hardcore. I love these types of matches where the grizzled veteran takes on the pretty boys. It, it did remind me of the WrestleMania hardcore match with Edge a couple of years after this, you know, as kind of Edge wanted to look hardcore. I'm, I'm R-rated. I'm wearing camouflage. Look at me. I got Rocky interest music. That don't make you hardcore, pal. You got to get in the ring with old Mickey, old Mickey Bubbles. You're not hardcore unless you live hardcore. But the legend of this match was way hardcore. Little little sound bite there from uh, Dewey from Dewey Finn. Um, yeah, I mean I, that that was it really. Just great action uh, in an era this this long gone and buried. Basically, I know we've we've discussed that, but yeah, real clashing styles and uh, yeah, eager to hear your thoughts. Wow, another extreme Mick Foley bloodfest. What's not to like? <laughs> I love the way this match just starts at 100 miles an hour and the cameraman falling over as well, whether intentional or not, just added to that atmosphere and intensity. And I just want to kind of take on what you said there as well. It's almost a rite of passage at one point in the WWE. If you wanted to be considered a top level main event talent, you had to go through Mick Foley. Think of The Rock, Triple H, Edge, and of course here, Randy Orton. Um, and like I said before, you know, Foley looked in real good shape in this match, a lot lighter than that we're used to seeing. Um, and just, yeah, some of the action. I mean, the barbed wire back to the bollocks, obviously being a man, I winced like hell, but I still thought that was quite innovative. Yeah. Um, I know it's a minor thing in the scheme of things, but I love the way Randy took the tray shot to the head. Yeah. He just crumpled to the floor. That was lovely stuff. Um yeah, you know how I feel about thumbtacks, so let's just skip that bit. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say except, ow. <laughs> I thought the finish was great, you know, not because of the violence, but because of the storytelling. You know, the match ended with the thing, the prop, the Chekhov's gun, if you like, that it started with, that barbed wire bat. It was symmetry. And just something else that you haven't picked up. Some of King's classic commentary in this match was brilliant. Oh, I normally pick up on the commentary instead of Craig. There were two lines that I had to pause because I laughed so much. And they actually <laughs> came quite close together. When Sorry. Foley goes up to the... Sorry. Thank you. When Foley goes to the turnbuckle, he goes, Get down from there, you broken down old dog! <laughs> I, I was going to write that down, actually. Yeah, I think I, think I was going to. There was one right after that as well, wasn't there? And then a couple of minutes later, yeah, he's, he's talking about um, Foley and he says, he's got so many teeth, he looks like his tongue's in jail. <laughs> yes, that was amazing. Oh, classic. Yeah, it, it's, it's also weird, if you said this was his favourite ever match, that this came several years after he officially retired from in-ring competition. Yeah, and, and then, you know, I, I thought... The match he had at Edge, A, absolutely gave him his WrestleMania moment, which he's been dying for throughout his career. But B, was on par, if not, you know, slightly better than this. I mean, how do you step it up from this match? Light a fucking table on fire. That's how you do it. And I, I thought that match had the same chemistry. It had, you know, the interference from Lita. So he had that storytelling. But yeah, again, with this match... I didn't pick it just because it was hardcore. I picked it because literally a few days ago, as this is airing, he said it was his favourite match and it was 18-year anniversary of it. But just the storytelling of this, you know, pretty boy Orton and 
you know, the family legacy and all, all of that that goes into it. And like you said, it is a rite of passage. You want to you want to step it up a level. You face Foley and survive and you're halfway there, you know? Yeah, very good. Good choice of match. Well, yeah, thanks, Mick. Oh, yeah. So on to my first clip of the episode. This is Christian versus RVD in a ladder match for the Intercontinental title on Raw in 2003. Christian, oh no, no, you can't do this! Oh my God. No, you gotta be kidding me. Van Damme. Look at him press Christian! Van Damme's top right string, military pressing. Oh my God! These men are just maiming each other. These two athletes may never be the same. And it's all about becoming the Intercontinental Champion. This is another one of those matches that I've picked after seeing a clip on Instagram um, on the account wrestling underscore flashback. Now, we're not affiliated with them in any way, but I definitely recommend that everybody check them out because they post some really good content, often clips or montages that they've created or found at the request of fans. Nice. So anyway, this was back in 2003. Um, and God, what a match. Can you believe they gave away a match of this quality on an episode of Raw? Chris, I guess so. I mean, like so many RVD matches, there were loads of good spots. Uh, and I'm going to go through a few now. The RVD somersault over the top rope onto Christian on the ladder. The leg drop onto Christian on the ladder. RVD monkey flipping Christian onto the ladder in the corner. And when have you ever seen RVD do a gorilla press slam before? Uh, all the time, actually. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say, well, actually, he used to do it in in ECW. And you can even think of the promotion. It. Yeah, he does. He drops him behind and then does a moonsault splash onto him. He seemed to hold him up a lot longer than other ones that he's done. It seemed to be more of a Don't thing. Try and get out of it now. I've outed you. Carry on. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I mean, so many spots. I'll leave you to kind of pick your favourites. But again, the King's commentary in this, you know, is so good. And as we've noted on matches with stipulations before, he often says the things that the fans are thinking. Like when he says if he was in there, he'd just get the ladder in the ring as early in the match as possible and claim it quickly as soon as his opponent is incapacitated. I'm like, yes, that's exactly what you do. It's, like he, it's not. He can see through the facade. Why can't the wrestlers? <laughs> it's not rocket science. Yeah, just... Stop dicking about. Like when he did the five-star frog splash off the ladder. You're on the ladder. Your opponent is on the mat. I don't... I never had a, a, a ladder match before, but I think you might be in a good situation there. I mean, yeah. I, I just picked the weird things of this match. So you, you've kind of called most of the spots. I just think it's mad to, to think that out of these two amazing wrestlers... Christian is still an active wrestler, winning championships in primetime organizations. And Van Damme is basically a major weed pusher who's inappropriately sexual with his missus and about five other women every time I see him on socials. Every time I see him and he's in a hot tub, smoking a doobie, with like 15 bikini-clad women. I'm like, dude, you are the greatest of all time, but not for these shenanigans. Clean up your act. He's, he's living the dream, bro. He's, he's living the dream. Weed and a hot tub full of bikini-clad lovelies. What, what more could you want? I, 
I know, but it's all, it's almost like, <laughs> it's so stupid. It's almost passive aggressive. Like he, he's always been this, yeah, chilled high flyer in every sense of the word. But I'm like, dude, you're just this grizzled old pervy uncle that your family tries to dismiss. You know, don't worry about Robbie's. Yeah, I, I know he's got like 15 wives. That's, that's just Rob. I'm like, it's not the Rob I love. But no, I mean, you've uh, you've called most of the, the, the spots. But just the classic thing again, you're in a ladder match. What's he do? Oh, look under the ring. There's ladders everywhere. It's the same with Devon, like for tables, the TLC match. There's hardware everywhere. Stop looking under the ring. I think it's just a habit. They just go yeah. under the ring and then they forget that that's not what you need to do in this particular match. It must be. It happens so often. I know, but like they, they keep on moving him as well. So it's not even as if he, he went into the ring and pulled out a ladder. He kind of shrugged and, oh, yeah, they're over there. Of course they are, Rob. Um, I wouldn't even call the uh, the spots. You called them all. Just moves on the ladder, from the ladder. I did love that reverse uh, diving DVT from Christian as well. Uh in the TLC matches, Edge and Christian really didn't have the spotlight. They didn't have the time to shine. It was all about the Hardys, these huge spots from the Dudleys. They were kind of overlooked, but it was nice here to give Christian, you know, a, a bit of bit of airtime. Huh? And yeah, I think what I liked about Edge and Christian, and especially you know Christian in this match, is yeah, they they didn't have the showiest moves necessarily in those matches. They weren't the stars of the match that the, the crowds came to see but they went through the ringer you know they, they put themselves through it yeah. for our entertainment when you actually look at some of the moves they took as opposed to the moves that they did you think yeah actually they, they put in as much as any other team thinking about it most of the bollock shots so you know like what the <laughs> <laughs> it is in there the, the one leg goes over the rope they all they fucking love that right they, they're like right let's let's map out this match We've got that crotch shot. Ah, I got it. I got it. I'll do the crotch shot. Are you sure? It's on your bollocks. We're fine. We do these all the time. It's all about the balls for them. They love it. Um, just to uh, end on a bit of a downer. Brilliant match. Lovely spot first. Like you said, amazing how that was uh, shown on Raw. Pretty much contradicting what I say about AEW. But yeah, that was semi-main event caliber, I would say. To, you know, for any pay-per-view. That that was that was really good stuff. But uh it, it, it is crazy, and I know I keep on, but just hearing how concise JR is on commentary here, it got me thinking, I wonder how much of his piss-poor performances recently are down to age, or just the fact that my man isn't booming in his year 24-7. You know, like like Michael Cole, you, did you see that clip where you can shoo Vince shouting at him or his reaction to Vince? Sorry, it's up yet, yet, you're the boss, sorry Vince. And I'm like, ah, oh, that must be every time you got to work. So, yeah, I, I wonder how much of it is JR getting older, as, as we all do, or him going, do you know what? TK ain't going to be in my fucking ear, so I'll just rant and not even know what city we're in. Shrugs. I don't know what to say. I mean, we, I think we've discussed uh, JR and his uh, inability to commentate and be concise many times before in this podcast. I don't know. Anything to add to it except to say, retire, man. Retire. Come on. Please retire. Last AEW episode we watched, he called a female wrestler he. Oh, she. It's pretty fucking obvious she's a woman. Why, why are you using he? 
Anywho, yeah, brilliant match, bro. Love it. Oh, yeah. Had to be done. Sorry, not sorry. Mean Gene outtakes. Wednesday night, November the 28th, World Wrestling Federation at its very best, including an intercontinental title defense for my guest at this time, Greg the Hammer Valentine. The challenger will be Tito Santana. Tito Santana. <laughs> Greg, come back here. Come back here. Greg, you may laugh about Tito Santana, but Greg, come back here. Come back here. You may. This man is serious. Greg, you come in here, you shout, you rave, you, you just go on and on and on. Julie, please, if you'd come on in here. I want to know, if you sit across from each other at the dinner table, does this guy sit and yell? Does he, does he pass the fucking potatoes? Does he, does Certainly he? the hell does. I, that's what I thought. Ah, uh, Darren, can I tell you something as a friend? Come in here, please. You're the shits. <laughs> well, well, Craig, can I ask you something? Do you pass the fucking potatoes? Oh, don't steal my bastard lines. Oh, after last episode, I had to get me another fix of this legend. How mad was it to see one of our childhood heroes swearing and being crude behind the scenes? It's like hearing your parents swear for the first time. This is Mean Gene. He might be called Mean, but he was never mean on camera. He was just this little bumbling buffoon with a moustache. Oh, I mean, he might not have been power slamming and leg dropping people left, right and centre back in the day. But I love me a bit of Mean Gene. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I'm afraid to say anything about the rough way in which I and she handled that turkey. Because I know how crazy vocally he is on Twitter and I really don't want to upset him. So I'm not going to. But yeah, just, just be gentle. I mean, so many laugh out loud moments. What a badass. Just blowing out a cigarette seconds before going live. Like you said, past the fucking potatoes. That Gene Tiny Dick Oakland graphic. You better not be sure of that when I'm on. <laughs> Fucking amazing. Oh, this was just... It, it was weird in a way. Obviously, I picked it because of the, the Gene clip uh, I picked last time. But just to see the, this kind of golden era and this cartoonish era of wrestling. And then, yeah, them smoking, swearing and, and making sexual innuendos off camera. So it, that, it was weird from that point of view as well. Yeah, God, I laughed at load at so much of this. The past the fucking potatoes line properly had me creasing. Um, yeah, so funny. <laughs> so good. But also, it was just a really interesting look back at some behind-the-scenes stuff from yeah. WWF in that period. And it looked like Mean Gene was chain-smoking his way through life back then. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever the camera was on him, he just passed his cigarette to somebody else. And then when it was... Off, he started back smoking again. Fucking gangster, when he straight up gangster back in the day. Yeah, you, you couldn't imagine that today. I mean, the past truly is another world. Yeah. But yeah, just the interactions with him. It's fascinating to see because I think you suppose that there's a group of people like the wrestlers who are all friends, and then maybe the other people. But this just goes to show that sometimes the, the other people, the announcers, the interviewers, the commentators, are as much part of the, the gang, you know, the boys, as, as the wrestlers themselves. So yeah. that was quite good to see. The Fink? 
We've never yeah. seen the fucking Fink so young. That's mental. And the way uh, the Iron Sheik was just, I couldn't understand most of it. We were just calling all the wrestlers and then they couldn't even fit on the fucking screen. Uh, so good. I think every episode I can have a mean Gene clip now. I don't care. Or at least once a month. There's loads more. This was out, outtake one of like 10 <clears throat> that, I, that I could find on YouTube. So yeah, I, I don't think it's the last we've seen of him. Sorry, not sorry again. Yeah, the um, the Kamal and Giant one I'd actually seen recently in a What Culture roundup of um, clips. <laughs> it's just a fucky fucky. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, wild, isn't it? That's yeah. Wild. And also an example of another thing you couldn't get away with today and wouldn't want to even try pretending that just because there's a big black bald wrestler that he comes from the deepest part of Africa. Oh, I mean, a terrible cultural appropriation going on there. Absolutely terrible. And the way you're saying, oh, I, I don't speak English. You're saying I don't speak English while you're speaking English. It's mental. And like, what was he saying at one point? Was it Lou Albano? How many rape charges he had as well? <laughs> Fucking hell, it was so insensitive. But us as kids saw none of that. So yeah, inadvertently, it really did kind of peel the curtain back of this golden era. And like, oh my God, they were proper grown-ups and had potty mouths and, you know, all these things that <clears throat> we didn't think was happening, was actually happening. So, yeah. Thanks for that. A really interesting window into the past. Oh, yeah. On to my second clip. This is Andre the Giant doing a top rope finisher. Yes, I don't think I ever thought about Andre the Giant being able to do a top rope move in my life. But the thing about Andre the Giant is that he only really achieved mega stardom at the tail end of his career. I mean, sure, he was a huge draw, a massive attraction throughout his career, wherever he went, because of his sheer size. But it was in the mid to late 80s that he reached this whole new level of fame uh, with the WWF, you know, headlining WrestleMania being famous across the world so consequently most wrestling fans only really know the eighth wonder of the world from this period when he was huge but very slow moving with mobility issues and his offense was very limited Um, but if you watch videos of him in his prime in the late 60s and early 70s he's unrecognizable He's, he's thin surprisingly quick and agile and even though his moveset you know, was nothing compared to today's wrestlers. He actually had a lot of in-ring skills to complement his size. But this match took place in 1983 in the WWF against Andre's nemesis, Big John Studd. Now, the thing is, Big John Studd was legitimately huge. You know, six foot ten and three hundred and sixty-five pounds. But next to Andre, he just looked fairly unremarkable, just like another guy. And that's what's so amazing about this clip. Because both men are so big, the move might not look that impressive at first, but you've got to remember that this is 
you know, seven foot plus 500 pound man climbing on top of a five foot turnbuckle, jumping off it into a sitting position onto an opponent. It's incredible. I would not have wanted to be John Studd at that point. I mean, what do you think is even going through his head as he watched Andre climb up there? I think lots of swear words and praying at least. It's the biggest arse I've ever seen, probably. And it's going to come crashing down upon my chest in seconds. Fuck my life. <laughs> Vince better pay me extra for this shit. <laughs> Literally. When the bomb's crashing down and it hurts inside. Oh, God. Oh. Well, funny you should say literally shit because apparently Andre did used to like farting on his opponents. So I could only imagine what that would have been like. Actually, I can't. I don't want to imagine what that would have been. Like. <laughs> You've already opened that door, bro. Next next episode, would you rather be guffed on? I mean, I got a question for all of our listeners across the world uh, and yourself. Anybody want a peanut? It's <laughs> something more like fucking Stallone then. <laughs> That's terrible. You're <laughs> You want peanut? <laughs> hey, hey, Mickey. Hey, Mickey, pass me peanut. I'm about to go punch some guy. Rubbish. Ah, oh, Andre. Not just known as the beer case guzzling, wine quaffing beast from France. But now he's a luchador, apparently. Who the hell knew? And uh, yeah, say what you want about your pal, Big Slow, but would he be able to pull off? Top rope ass splash. I think not. He was Vinnie Mac's favorite wrestler for a reason. And uh, yeah, it's, it's quite sad seeing how Vince spoke so fondly about him as well. He would always be like, hey, boss, you okay, boss? That's terrible again. Did you see that interview? And he was, he was like, you know, teary, teary eyed, and he couldn't get his words out like me. Yeah, he was like, oh, oh, wow, oh. Brother, because he he can't he can't get in words how much he he loved Andre. I mean, a guy that size he could push over anyone. But yeah, every night, what do we do tonight, boss? You know, he was he was always so polite and and yeah, putting over Hogan like he did. I love that story where you know Hogan was like, right, bro, come on, brother, we're gonna get we're gonna get a match together, brother. We're main event of WrestleMania, brother. And he's like, we just go and do our thing. And he's like, brother, we need to do it. It's like they're in the room, and it? it's like they're in the room. And then he he was shitting himself backstage. You know this story, didn't you? And he's like, let me play cards. I'm playing cards now. Let me play cards. So he's playing cards all fucking night at WrestleMania. And then, yeah, right at the end, power slam me. And he's like, fuck. He, he was such a professional. He understood what was right for the business. Look at people like Ryback, uh, you know, uh, and the other big guys, Goldberg. No, you'll be out. All, all the kind of big, bold, muscly guys that are that are out for themselves. They they're going into business for themselves. They want the limelight. They don't care how green they are, how many people they injure. They just want to be the number one because they're these big, bad, tough guys. Andre had every right to be exactly the same. The most nicest, humblest guy you could ever you could ever imagine. And uh, yeah, just to end you, I love. That he does that amazing move, and then it's like, come on, though, you open door for Andre, no over the top for me. He was like, fuck, I've done my spot. I ain't going over the cage. I'm going fucking through it. But yeah, classic. How do you rate my? I kind of. I rate it slightly below your '80s Vince McMahon, 
but above almost any other impersonation you try. It's actually a good gauge, I think. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think that he would have brought the cage down with him. I can't imagine the cage would have held his weight without toppling. But Craig, before we go, I think we should do an Andre the Giant quiz. Okay, let's do it. Okay, so Andre the Giant throughout his life was given many stories or rumours about him and his behaviour. So let's see if you can put some numbers to those stories. How many beers did Andre consume in one legendary, unofficially record-breaking sitting? <laughs> uh, and again, that was on that documentary. Was this something like 42? More than triple. Uh, oh! appara- <laughs> apparently it was 156. Jesus Christ alive. Although he is French, so it could be those dumpy little French bottles, you know, you get on holiday. Yeah, it's like a fucking mini bar to him, isn't it? That's true, yeah. Wow. How tall was he and heavy was he at the age of 12? Okay. You remember myself in the street? I was from Fuzz. I got lots of little teeth in my mouth. I'm still still alone. Um, 12, at least six foot and probably... Fucking hell, 200 pounds? No, over, over, no, I'd just say 200 pounds. He's absolutely spot on, six foot and 200 pounds at the age uh-huh. of 12. Look at me. Wow. Fucking hell, that's me now. I'm 6'2. And yeah, me, fuck, he's me at 12. How many steaks could Andre the Giant allegedly eat in a single sitting? Now, I know someone dared him to eat uh, a ridiculous um, number of steaks at one point, and he said no because the steaks are too high. That's a little little dad joke for you there. Little sound effect there. I want crowd cheering. I want everyone laughing at that one. Yeah, big me up. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck it, Al. Now, I see Ron Swanson put him away, but I think he, he even pales in comparison. Fucking 10? Close, 12. Jesus Christ. Final They're not question. little run either, are they? They're not shitty harvested steaks. We're probably talking about, like, porterhouse monsters. They're going to be big bastards. They're going to be big slabs of meat. You know that. Earlier, you said you're going to put yourself in his shoes, but at his biggest... How big were his shoes? What size were they? Okay, what size am I? <laughs> I'm a 10. Darren's a three and a half. Fucking hell, 15? 22. Oh my God. 22, that's that's over double the size of my fucking shoe. And I got proper flipper feet, mind. My wife will tell you, my feet are comically big. So he's double... The size of me. You you ain't going into fucking Dyke Manio or shoe and going, oh no, I need some shoes. I'll go. I got it now. Yeah, that was better. I need some shoes. I'll go wrestling in 15 minutes. They're going to be like, you're having to get out. Actually, you can't get out. You can't fit back to the fucking automatic doors. You you got to have a specialist cobbler on, on call, haven't you, for that shit? 
a cobbler. <laughs> cobbler like, on goal. Like, like the 18th century. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he's from France. I imagine, I imagine he'd have a good French cobbler. Yeah, quite possibly. There we go. Andre the Giant, the eighth wonder of the world. Would you like to play us out with a bit of Andre the Giant? Only if you think it's good. Now, I don't, you know, I, I don't, the last thing I want to do on this pod is embarrass myself. Um, and 41 episodes in, I really think I've, I've kept my integrity um, and my pride more than anything. So, you know, as long as it's not going to go against that, you move in, you slim It's too high, too high already. We've been wrestling my brother. I am creating his devon, and we are. This is awful. Man. It's it's bad. Should we should we end it there? Because I think we'll get we'll get complaints. Yeah, <laughs> from my neighbours, if anything. No, we we have been wrestling with my brother, um, and we do love you, Andre. We are trying to be respectful. That's just how I hear your mind. Um, we're a bi-monthly podcast where we shoot the shit, we pick our favourite clips from around the world, and we dissect them for your listening pleasure. We are on Twitter, at Russell Bros Pod, although if Elon gets his way, who the fuck knows, you might have to jump ship to Facebook, bro. Who knows? LinkedIn's where it's at. <laughs> oh, fuck it out. Hello, business types. Yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, we're available on all major and shitty podcast platforms. I listen on Spotify. If you're ironing, just fucking throw us on. We're normally about 40 minutes. Perfect. Get a few shirts ironed. You know, the kids are running around screaming. Just relax. I The last time I saw my brother in person, he drove off as I was getting my car ready to go. And he, he said, listen to what I'm listening to. It was our podcast. He's listening to it in the car. It is choice of anything. Listening to us. Just do the same. Got to keep those numbers up, son. <laughs> Hashtag ratings. We'll uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye. Wrestling with my brother. We got a podcast, yeah. Wrestling with my brother. 